going to need to. Let's see here. Avoid any legal sta- snags and tell everyone I'm recording you. So I'm recording you. <laughs> <laughs> Behave yourself, Samantha. <laughs> There's no need. <laughs> I hope none of us be sa- behave ourselves today. <clears throat> Oh my gosh. For an enlightening time. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm the only one who has like the most boring background. What? You think my watching uh, machine is exciting? Oh, you mine? <laughs> Just a wall. <laughs> All right, Vanessa, you win with the fancy bookcase background, unless it's yeah. fake. Green no, this is, this is real. No, it's all good. I'm, it's I'm, quite, I'm, quite, I'm quite liking the stairs at dawn's there. I wonder where they're yeah. going. Oh, oh, they're they're going. I got rid of my washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> this is so amazing. Just think about the energy. And we're, we're all over the world right here today, right now, in this moment. Sharing space, sharing energy. And it's absolutely beautiful and I can't thank you all enough for doing this with me this is the first time so we're going to see how it goes and um, the plan is to do a video podcast and then to also do an audio podcast now my skills with taking video to audio are so um, that's my that's my learning curve for this time so I didn't really have an agenda because I really want to keep the heartbeat something that just is a space for people to share what's in their hearts, what's in their, you know, coming up for them right now. Um, I feel like Dawn is frozen. Her picture is frozen. Do you guys see that? She's like. It's frozen in a nice shot, though. I know. <laughs> you, you did that on purpose. Yeah. I love it. I love in it. a model shot. well that's a great picture if we don't get to get your video back going but i think there's probably just some (laughs) connectivity is going on but it is a lovely picture i can't stop looking at it (laughs) (laughs) um so i would love for each one of you to introduce yourself and say a little bit about you um and then um we'll just kind of have a conversation and we are all here because we've all really actually been connected through kenny so kenny thank you very Mm -hmm. much for connecting us all i think it's a beautiful thing you've got going on so um since we can't see dawn let's just have dawn tell us about herself well, uh, I'm Dawn, um, and um, other than drinking lots of tea, um, I coach um, leading ladies to write their book and transform their life and their business, and I'm sailing around the world writing books and promoting my existing ones. Wow. So. That's awesome. What's your existing book? Which one? <laughs> I'm writing, All I'm of writing. them. I'm um, I'm writing a series of nine called the Sacral Series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm writing um, my next trilogy, which is taking into consideration my business mentoring, cultural diversity, and a little bit of naughtiness. Um, and um, then the other series, the main one that I'm doing with this book tour, Circumnavigation, is called The Mermaid's Guide, which will include a book on leadership, environment, um, female traveling and empowerment, um, health and fitness, and food while you're living while you're traveling around the world. Mm, there yeah. you are again. Now I can see your beautiful face. Oh, she's frozen again. Oh no, there she is. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's a lot. That's amazing. I want to talk about more of that um, 
once we get through all the introductions. Um, Kenny, how about you? Uh, well, I think it's going to be quite difficult to match Don. <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine plus books on the go. Oh my, oh my God. Uh, well, it's a hello from Scotland. I'm um, Kenny Ball, creative director at One Tribe magazine. Uh, we are now celebrating two years coming up, uh, issue 24 in production, and we'll be out on the 18th of this month. And uh, uh, keep me rather busy. So that's about it from, from myself. Oh, awesome. Kenny, you do so much more than that. You also help people create amazing, beautiful web pages. And um, yeah, I want to dive into that too, because like I said, we are all connected through you and through you finding each one of us individually. And now here we are as a collective. So that is amazing. And Vanessa, how about you? Hi, yeah, I'm in the UK also. Um, my name is Vanessa Louise Burt and I'm an emotional, transformational mentor and speaker. Fundamentally, my belief is we're here to teach what we need the most. Um, so I've been my own best client over the many years. Um, I just very much believe I want to help people feel better about themselves. And I've known that since I was about 13. I started off um, on the outside of the woman and then my own uh, adversity and transformation led me to the inside. No, we all know it's a, an inside job. And um, I'm really grateful for tribes like this. Um, thanks to Kenny, I've been writing for his uh, One Tribe magazine for two years since the beginning. And it's been, he was an answer to a prayer, ironically enough, who out there would want me to write about my subject. And he contacted me while I was on holiday. Mm -hmm. So I've been writing for him ever since. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, maybe we could go and sort of talk about how we've each that connection with Kenny and maybe yeah. our experience, because mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, so, um, Samantha, what about Aww. you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Samantha Carolina Valley from Canada. Um, I just actually moved to Newfoundland. I was in Quebec. And I would have to say my biggest job of all is uh, being a mama to three children. Uh, that is, um, that is a, a life lesson, never ending in of itself. <laughs> so I'm also an author and a mentor. And uh, I'm still, I would have to say, I'm still in creative musing Part. Since the book came out, it took on a life of its own, which actually um, I was told that it would. And so it's kind of honoring that breath as I'm moving forward with that. So um, I'm getting ready to create the Beautiful Disaster TV series, which you will all be invited as guests to talk on different topics. That's exciting. And, um, and I, I also, um, it's going to be launched on Sunday. It's with my co I'm the co-host with the host, Deanna Butcher. It's the G word. So it's real stories, real time, real healing. So this is really raw and gritty. And this is what I love about, um, again, coming back to Kenny, who brought us all together in this space. Because through what I, what I found was within this tribe, meeting each of you guys is I found home. I love like Vanessa always says naked, right? Which is something that I adore because I'm all about the raw, the grit and and Don is so uh, 
There is no one word. <laughs> and Christine, you bring um, so much heart, really, and realness. And, you know, inviting us on, and we're going to introduce the beautiful disaster book together. And then here we are today, you know, on this call. It's like, power of co-creating, the power of sharing our stories, the power of empowering and transforming and really coming together in a way that, again, that's real, mm. that creates real emotions. Mm -hmm. And I, oftentimes, you know, through reading each of our work with uh, the magazine and the different things that we do do is that, yes, there are, being, it comes back to being human is not a problem to solve. It is an opportunity to and I think that we're each sharing each other's unique unique gift, which is a diversity, which again, one of my favorite words that I love. I love. Mm. Yes. I'm a home in the one tribe community. But that's just. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. My peeps. <laughs> Your peeps. We're all together. Our peeps. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I am, I am a well-being and empowerment coach. And it took me a long time to sort of figure out what that, title was going to be because I, like you, Vanessa, knew from a very young age that I was going to be in public service. Like that was my, that was my calling. Like I wanted to help people and I'm not going to get into my story, but I remember Kenny messaging me, I think it was on Facebook and he said, Hey, I would love it if you would write for my magazine. And my first thought was, um, no, you don't want this dyslexic girl writing for your magazine like that. I'm not a writer. I'm a coach. Come on. What do you mean? I'm not a writer. And he encouraged me. He's like, no, I think your content is really good. I think you could um, have value added for a lot of people. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to take it. I'm going to do this. It was really freaking scary. And I wrote it and I submitted it. And then I was like, now what? Now what do I do? You just like, wait, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how this works. Right. And so, yeah. And so like, I, I remember it was a Saturday and I was, I was having like, I was like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't know if this coaching, like having that self doubt that we all have. Mm -hmm. And here pops this message. And it's like, you've been tagged in a post for one tribe magazine. And I was like, what is this? Oh my gosh. And I'm flipping through, you know, it's electronic. So it's the fastest you could flip through. <laughs> through. And there I was like right in the middle on my paddleboard. And I started sobbing and dancing and screaming and hollering. And I don't even, I don't even know what was going on. So Kenny, I don't know if you know that story, but I may have shared that with you before, but I was on cloud nine and I have written ever since then, except for the last two months. And it just, I needed a kind of a break and I, and I wasn't finding I've told myself I would write when I felt compelled to write and I just wasn't feeling compelled to write. And now I'm back and it's probably going to be like inundated. <laughs> so thank you for letting me share that piece of my story. I would love to hear what you guys have too. That would be awesome. Either one, anyone can, can share. I'd quite like to know because I, I hear this and um, Stephanie who deals with all my PRMI, she goes, Dawn, you're, you're just strange. And I was like, why? <laughs> and I was like, because, like, when I hear that people, I, I can't stop writing. Um, and 
so because I'm setting sail in two weeks um, and I'm going to be offline for three months, yes, um, I've had to come up with 84 days worth of content. Wow. And I've nearly done it in three days. <laughs> I'm like, and I just don't know how to stop. It's not the content. I, I have a problem stopping. And and my, some of my friends said, we need to get you a, we need to find you a man, Dawn. Well, I don't want a man. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you can't stop writing. I think when we connect on, on our, you know, meeting to have tea i definitely want to want to hear about that because i i definitely write well, the man of the writing <laughs> just the writing my dear just the writing we can talk about men too that's fine um <laughs> i i just feel i feel like like sometimes my content is redundant because it's what i need to hear and that goes along with sort of what vanessa was talking about you know you write or you put out there what you need yourself the most and so I found like some of the stuff I was writing was like, okay, I've already said that 50,000 freaking times. Why do I, why can't I get that through my head? So that's why I was like, I need to just have a little break for myself. <laughs> but don't you, don't you find it interesting that when you think about the premise of what One Tribe magazine is about and what Kenny ultimately is his why is helping people find they're happy. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can say it enough and you mm -hmm. could repeat yourself enough that anybody would ever really get it. And I reminded myself last week of a conversation I had with a colleague that I was forever trying to reinvent the wheel, a little bit like you, Christine. It's just like, but I've already said that. That's been my message last month. You know, what does it have to be this month? What is it? Mm -hmm. And when I think about stuff I've been following and when I really started studying self-development, you don't just hear it once. And equally, right. if you do, the next time you hear a similar thing, you're in a very different place when you hear it. So... It's like hearing it for the first time. I get tingled as I say that. And anything that we teach is not new. It's just a unique presentation of it because I will be sharing my version of happy or the topics that I do will be very similar to the whole magazine. But it's mm -hmm. coming from a very perspective and a diamond has many facets. Right. Mm -hmm. So you just have to keep shining and keep showing up and just trust that the words that flow through you, which clearly Dawn doesn't have a problem with, the words that <laughs> flow through you are relevant for that time and space. And then when Kenny publishes it, the right person at the right time will read it or not. And if they yes. don't read it next year, that will be the right time that they need to read it or they need to hear it umpteen times. I need to hear things many times and experience it myself before I get it, get it. So I think it's, yeah, I just, I'm very much, I've learned that people said to me, you write like you chat. So I kind of, I, I'm not a writer. I like you, uh, Christine, I'm dyslexic. I didn't really read and write until I was in my late teens, early 20s. So mm -hmm. it's very new for me, but I absolutely love it now. I would do it all day, every day if I possibly could. And so I just, I just trust now that I'll just show up writing what is relevant for me. And I've never had Kenny turn around and say, I'm not going to publish that this month. <laughs> Great. So, I think, you know, yeah, I think what you're saying is there, right there, you've just got to be authentic to yourself. Uh, I not actually write for an audience. You're right. You're writing for yourself from the heart. And that's that's what will engage with people going forward. You know, nice. as I say, if it helps one person in a month or 
uh, on that second month, they might, you know, they might revisit it and read it and all that. You know, it's, it could be something that's affecting their life at that given time. And you've, you know, they're not alone. They're there. There's other people going through a similar experience. And I think that's what's great about it. And also, um, your magazine is it's all about the same sort of message, but just different angles. The person reading is going to be right. Okay, so it must be true, or you know, there's it's got to be what I need to know about. Whereas if we were all writing very, very different things, they would have no. I don't believe it would have the resonance it does, and I think that's why it's so popular with so many. Yeah, it's different different perspectives on life, but again, all coming from from the same uh, you know sort of energy that we're all yeah, sharing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking yeah. forward to rereading all of them again while I cross the Atlantic. It's just going to be, I'm going to feel that I'm so connected to you all and to the rest of the tribe that, yeah, it's like, oh. So even though I um, I won't be getting the new updates for another couple of months, I know that I've still got, and, and this is one of the things I love about it, the fact that it is in the electronic format so that as I am traveling around the world, I don't have to carry all these magazines because I carry them. <laughs> but I, <laughs> so yeah, I'm really looking forward to really diving deeper into them and journaling with each one because one of the things I don't know about you guys, but I find that when I read one of the articles, if I keep my notebook and my journal and a pen with me, I make notes on them and then I revisit. Okay, and what what questions are you bringing up so I can then go yeah. and explore those. Mm-hmm. I find it such a useful journaling tool. Each and every single article, like how does that resonate with me? Has that triggered me in some way? Has that what has that brought up for me? Can I explore that? So I'm really looking forward to using that as um, as I evolve to the next level and the next next level as I prepare to land in Chile. Yeah. Uh, you know when you talk about. Um, I'm listening to Christine and, and you, Don, and you, Vanessa, you know, and about the different styles that you guys write. And when Kenny approached me, I was thinking, I don't know if I'm, like, made to fit in a magazine because my style is very eclectic. I make up words that don't exist. I refuse to change them. <laughs> it's There's a freedom for me. I actually stopped writing when I was 17. I didn't pick the pen back up until 2014 was the first piece that flowed through me, which was like two years after I started doing some real big work. And all my education was done in French. My mother tongue is English. So I don't know what's going on up here after time, right? I have attention deficit. So it's like a squirrel. Sometimes it's like everything's everywhere. So I'm always fearful that my work would be scattered or erratic, so I try to kind of bring it in. However, it's like Kenny said, you trust the flow, you be genuine. This is how it pours out of me. And if we're having a conversation, um, like me and Don when we have tea time, it's like it's everywhere. But that's just, that's who I am, and it's honoring that voice. But you said something just now, too, and one thing that I do also honor is, Christine, when I'm tired, when I don't feel that inspiration, yeah. or I honor that and I stop. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. since I moved here, I guess the transition, you know, and then with the book coming out and all these different things, and even with the book coming out, I had big struggles 
really big struggles because my mentor, and he had said Samantha, he said it's because you're outgoing that self-image that you have of yourself. Oh, and I was mad with the book. And I couldn't keep thinking. And every time I would read the book, and I kept saying, this all sounds the same. It sounds like it's repetitive. And I could not get into the material. It was almost like I was grieving. Mm. I worked so hard to put out into the world. And all of that, I I have to say, because I actually used to go about that and talk to my Will I continue? Does that that okay? Uh oh, we're losing you a little bit. Am I back? Yeah, I think you're back. Yeah, I've we got can... you. Yep, there yeah. you are. <laughs> you just some kind of matrix thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, in deciding what I was going to do at Beautiful Disaster, um, I wouldn't take no decision right on the spot because I knew that with my emotions running high. Vanessa, you will be very proud of me. <laughs> I said, okay, Samantha, no impulsivity. Just really sit with it and see where you want to go. And the idea of, I love to write. It is, and now it's more in the poetry form, and I'm finding that it's more grittier and it's more, and then I'm working on my other project, which uh, is based on my story, but with the intent to create a revolution in the way that we heal. So I still have a lot of work to go for that. But what I've discovered is that through the videos creating and through the sharings and that all that we're doing here is that I have like I, I naturally have the gift of the gab. Like shamelessly so. There is no hiding that, you know. And so really? I said, <laughs> Oh Don, you with me on that. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought to myself, what if I created a TV series or shows for Beautiful Disaster to really go through the material, really make it naked. Mm. I would say. Yeah. And then, yeah, because the passage, each of you could read the passage and interpret it differently because it's where you're at. And that's the beauty that I've had to learn with creating content because sometimes I do feel like a parrot. I'm like, all I talked about in this book was love. I have like 400 pages of it. But there is no right or wrong way in saying it. And sometimes we're so stuck in our own space because, you know, we're doing, we're so focused on what we're doing that it sounds repetitive to us. Mm-hmm. One thing that I find that helps inspire me or kind of take me into that space is to actually uh, go and read other people's material, like all of your materials. Because that kind of gives me a different, ah, okay. Because sometimes if what we're doing in this world is based on our mission to heal, based on what we've lived and overcome, obviously we still have some, you know, whether it's trauma or things that we're working through all the time because life is spiral and that's okay. But through all of that, sometimes we can be triggered. And so by reading somebody else's material, it it brings sometimes the ease or the message that we need to hear to get to the next level. So, mm. It also puts you in 
a receptive mode rather than a giving mm-hmm. mode as well that's it, it you know because yeah. if we're writing we're consciously in flow and you know it's like giving and giving and giving but to read other material that then you find inspiring it's like just like lying back in the sun isn't it it just bathes you you bathe in other people's words energy wisdom whatever it might be so I I do feel like I'm really treating myself when I read other people's material it's a really good point yeah I think I think you guys are saying it's absolutely true well we don't have all the answers and and we're willing to learn and willing to absorb uh, other mm. people's say you know interpretations of things, unlike mm. uh, you know some of the the larger gurus out there who have all, all the answers in the market. You know, we shall not mention names, <laughs> but we we are all open. We 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 accept that you know we don't know everything. And that, that's why it's great to know you read something, it's a, a new interpretation of something, and it takes you in a new direction. And that's, what's, that's what I love about the magazine. And when, when I get all the articles coming in, and obviously I'm forced to read them all. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm forced to read them all. It's, just, it's still very humbling. People, people still contribute so much and uh, of their energy and their time into the, into the publication. And it's, you know, when you read, read through stuff, it's just, you know, the, as I say, the, the, the various routes that people take you, uh, uh, it's just phenomenal. But you work, you've worked so hard, Kenny, on that. You know, it's you mm. as well as the magazine that people have bought into. That's your authentic message. It's your authentic heart. You're so generous with your time and the way you dis- you the way you create the whole magazine. It has such an amazing look about it that people can't mm. wait to delve in. So mm-hmm. all credit to you for that as well because it, like mm. we Thank said, you be here if it wasn't for you so yeah good well done you creating that space yeah so yeah, it's been a, a, a ride this couple of months with the, the one tribe media uh, the, that's my bread and butter uh <laughs> piece of mortgage uh <laughs> so it's been quite it's quite heavy but that, that's uh, i've got a few a few big projects uh, uh put to bed now so i can get back on to what i really enjoy doing uh, with more vigor So, Don, I have a quick question for you, since you have this gift of flow and gab. If someone (laughs) were to be thinking about writing or doing a podcast or a television program or whatever it is that they were thinking about doing, what what would your first two like sort of pieces of advice be? Well, I found it quite interesting that Samantha said that when she's feeling quite emotional, like she just. I'm like, no, that's the perfect time to write. (laughs) Harness that power, go with it, because that's coming up for a reason. And you tend to find that yesterday, I mean, I was writing an article about um, some of my hate mail that I've had coming over the last few weeks. I'm like, oh, that client's doing really well. Their family's being triggered. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it was like how do you and the the article that I'm writing now is are you really ready to be a coach and it was about getting all of this emotion that was coming up in me and this awareness because if I'd have received that that hate mail which like a, a, a year or so ago I'd have been in pieces 
Mm. Whereas now it's okay. Well, yeah, that's just their stuff. Like I know that's not true, and it just bounced off me, and I was able to come at it from a different. So then it was like, okay, so what came up? Okay, there was emotion from them and the awareness I had of them. Then there was my growth, you know, and how much I've moved on in this space. What is that? What else can I take from that? So it's about looking at the emotion that you've got unleashing that on into a word document or into your journal and then actually segmenting it and actually drawing out of it so it's almost like you've got this beautiful stew and then you're taking out all the ingredients that you can so you know that you've got your carrots and your onions and your garlic and you know you've got your herbs de Provence and you know and you've got your your roasters you know and you've looked at the whole meal that you've got in front of you that's come up so when you're in that space of, oh, there's all this emotion and I don't know what it is, and it's just like just right from that space and then from that mm. take the juices. And, I mean, from one, one purging from an emotional state of mind, you can probably create about five or six pieces of work on average just from one purge. Um, and that's something that I do work with with a lot of the clients and also the – because that comes once you start that practice and you start tapping into those emotions, you then clear the space. Um, and one of the things I, I do, it's almost like, um, and it's the same with coaching, and I'm sure that you ladies will find this as well, that when you're actually going through the process of unpacking some of your clients' stuff, I like to use the toy box analogy um of your kids you know and like you, i mean i bought both of my boys a beautiful wooden toy chest with their names uh in wooden letters on the front of it so that they could then take that through life with them because the older it gets the more battered it is the better it looks um and uh and it's like over the years these toy boxes will be filled with all the party bag tat and all the broken Hot Wheels and, you know, and uh, then they've got all the toys that the aunties and the uncles and the friends that don't really know the kids that, they, you know, that'll just stay there and it'll get battered. And then and then you've got their favourite toys which go out over and over again. And then you've got a bit of this and you've got a bit of that. And once you start clearing out those bits and you start getting rid of all the toys and all the broken ones and all the ones that they don't play with and you're just left with that gold, so purging in that emotional state, you then start stepping into what I call the unconscious conscious creation stage. Nice. And that's when, like, it's, you know, we see these analogies and my boy says, mummy, they're memes. And they're just pictures with a coat on them. <laughs> and you see people digging and then they give up just at that point and right on that very thin slither on the other side of that is the gold that they've been looking for, the diamonds they've been looking for. Mm, and when awesome. we hold back on that, it's almost like we've, we've put another layer between us and our writing. So, but I did want to pick up on something that Samantha said very quickly about this perspective mm. she, when people read stuff. I remember when I was teaching out in Egypt um, and I'd read a poem to my students um, about if I was to describe a yellow landscape to you or ask you to describe a yellow landscape, what would that represent to you? 
And every single one of them were like, death, there's no life, there's, you know, it's just empty. And, and I'm sitting there going, really? I'm just like listening to all that. <laughs> Arabs, a yellow landscape to them is the desert. Whereas for me, I grew up in, mm. in Lincolnshire, daffodils, oilseed rape, tulips. I'm thinking bugs and butterflies and plants. Mm you know, vegetables and abundance. Yeah. yeah. And it's that perspective that we're tapping into when we're gifting people what we're, um, I mean, you can read the same article five years later or a week later and like you said, Vanessa, be in a very different space to receive a very different message from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, I loved what you were talking about um there though um dawn about writing in that raw state i totally agree with you because a lot of us can feel very motivated in that space but did you have that right from the word go because i know for me that's something i had to practice being in because Mm -hmm. when i first did first started writing i didn't have a clue what i was doing i had no confidence in what i was writing at all i didn't i didn't even think it was worth anything because how I wrote really sort of came naturally to me and it was really a bit sort of basic I mean an eight-year-old child could have done better but once I really felt safe enough to to write down what was in my heart and that it was okay because I'd started doing that in journaling and then when I started to publish that it took me years to actually get to that stage. So do you think that something that is something that does need practice because people are frightened of their emotions? We're not taught to listen to ourselves that way, let alone express it. So, Mm. you know, I wonder if it is something that some people like yourself maybe have naturally you're able to do, or do you think that, do you find that you do have to guide people to that space so that actually it is safe enough for you to feel this when you write and then express it with your writing? That's a very good question. And uh, I I think that um, with myself personally, I have been writing from such, I can't remember a time I wasn't writing either in my journal or writing, you know, the school projects we used to get, I mean, it'd be like, they'd be like a side of A4, and I'm like, is that all? Like, you know. Yeah, I was drunk with that. Yeah, I was <laughs> Like, and everybody yeah. else is like, oh, like, and I, again, I've been the complete, this is why I always knew that moment when I set up dawnbates.com, I knew that it was going to be around writing, and I knew that, um, that, I was going to, once I decided that, you know, or not that I decided, the universe decided that you are actually now in author coach and that's what you're going to be because it it's not really about being how to write. It's about creating everything around it and creating that author life and however that shows up for you. And picking up on the point you mentioned there about an eight-year-old could have done better. When you tap into that, and actually write from that space and share that, um, you're actually encouraging those that actually go, well, actually, I feel like I'm writing like an eight-year-old and an eight-year-old could do better. But when you share that, you're giving other people permission to share that. And if you're having a rant, you're giving someone permission to have a rant. And, then, and this is, I think this is the, the thing that, um, like you were saying, like we've all been so conditioned not to feel, you know, whether it's medicating us when we're, you know, if we're feeling sad or we're, you know, you, you've got anger problems if you 
if you get a bit fiery and it, it might be your hormones, it might be the planets in alignment, it might just be the fact that everybody is asking for you instead of going, do you need help? Mm. <laughs> and we've got so good at numbing our emotions with drugs and alcohol and food and shopping and Facebook and all of the other social. And, and when people like ourselves share from a space of heart, and from a place of emotion and we give ourselves that permission to feel and express and I do think that it's a, a very powerful gift that we have um, yeah I just I just in my experience people do actually struggle to get to that point and even write it for themselves let alone share it I just, I just wondered in your experience whether you found that people, it, they naturally found it easier, whether there was that resistance. I mean, Christine, how did you find when you started writing, did you find it easy to connect to who you were and, and to actually write that? Or did you have to go through little practices to get there? Well, for me, when I started, like I've always journaled, but I more did like bullet journaling, like to-do lists and those sorts of things. There wasn't a whole lot of emotion attached to it. Um, and when I, when I decided that, you know, I've always wanted to be a coach <clears throat> and I just never was brave enough to just go and do it. And I thought, I'm just going to go and do it. And so I did it. And then I was like, well, now I have to create a way to um, connect with people. So I'm going to create a little bit of content on Facebook. And I remember putting my first, just like, here's a you know, a quote, and here's my take on that quote, I was freaking petrified because it was so surface. And, um, and then I was like, okay, did I really want to say that? No. (laughs) Like, it was good content, it got people thinking. Um, And then I was like, I, and then I, when I was really in that place of, I have so much healing to do. And there's a story to tell around that healing. And like, I wrote my first piece for Kenny, and it was really sort of more surfacey. And then I think it was probably like five-ish months later, like I wanted to tell my story and Kenny gave me that platform to tell my story. And I wrote it 50 times. Like, I think I wrote 50 versions of that story and I didn't know how to tell it. I didn't know until I finally just sat in my space of being uncomfortable with everything. And that's when I wrote it. Like I, it, I did have to practice. You're absolutely right. I had to practice. I had to do it 50 times to get to what I really wanted to say. Cause otherwise it would have, it would have wasn't fake, but it wasn't Not familiar from, from my heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't from my heart. It was just from my brain and my brain messes with me cause the heart is the real deal. So I had to practice. I still have to practice. And sometimes I just put stuff out there and then I look back, I was like, look at all this these errors and then I have to go back and fix them. And I was like, is that unprofessional as a coach, as a person? I don't care anymore. I honestly no, don't no, care. No, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I don't care. Grammar and stuff like that. I'm just like, no, please, you're missing the point. It's yep. about the end of the message. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I was so stuck on that. Like I wanted to, to be viewed as somebody who was a writer, but I'm not a yeah. writer. I'm, I don't even know yeah. what I am. I, 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 I just, yes I'm human I'll tell you you're an expressor thank you thank you (laughs) brilliant right so it is sometimes I look at things and I was like oh my gosh this is this word is spelled wrong and there's grammar mistakes and and I went and I have a 
day job too. And I get criticized for that a lot. And so that's probably why I was like, it was in my space, like in my other life and my real passion life to be that way. And I was like, I'm not, I'm going to be me. And so it is what it is. And I put it out there and I do have to practice, but it's easier now. Good. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, love I, yeah. Think, I think that it's, um, you know, we all have our, our unique ways in how we, we show up and express. Like for me, for example, um, I'm very wordy feeling, you know, um, I feel everything. I live on a sensorial level. So when I'm going through something very dense, I actually sit into that space to really feel where it's happening. How is it, you know what I mean? How is it flowing? Then moving that energy. You, so after I feel it in my body, and this for me, it's actually very healing. And this is why I, I write on this and I share in this way. Because having complex PTSD, we usually tap out of the body. But mm. I do everything through the body. So in allowing that, I feel safe enough to sit with, say, the devil, for example. You know, sit with what's happening. The devil's not even bad. You know, it's what's going on. And really fleshing that out and massaging that out in a way where it's, it's safe, it's not traumatizing, and I can actually move the emotions through the motion so there is space and there is healing. Now, when I get ready to create a post on that or a piece on that and most of my work um as you guys know compared to the, what's into this first book what i what i'm posting is very gritty you know it's very tender topics it's very vulnerable topics and i too am still learning cause this is where the second book and the poetry volumes will actually show the real grit that i want to share but it's taking me time to be able to organize it in a way that there's a clarity because my mm. intent when I'm pushing something out into the world when I'm birthing something and sharing with the world in my writing you'll notice that oftentimes I'll take you you're up here I'm going to take you down we're going to go through the grit we're going to go down we're going to feel all the crap we're going to move through it it's not bad it's okay but by the end of the piece, I'm going to take you back up mm. and you're okay. You're soothed because mm. I write for people not to read, but to feel, because I know that this is where we often get stuck. It's in the emotions or we're afraid to get into the emotions. Absolutely. So it's like a safety. Can I even say that that's a process that I've learned anywhere? No, I probably came from my coping mechanism and mm. then having to learn that. Okay. Well, Samantha, not expressing yourself or being rigid doesn't work. But what I realized in sharing in that way is that it allows me to sit with the slowest moving part of myself. Because where I have a very fiery and fast-paced energy, it's easy to let myself get distracted from what's really going on. Mm -hmm. So by moving with the slowest part of me and observing that part, I get to really flesh out what's going on with this wound or this trigger. Even the good stuff. You know, it's because even pleasure can be very vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. We don't, we're not, we don't know how to express it. We don't know how to receive it. It's a vulnerable place, All yeah. these things. So, it is. 
Um, and I mean, so I was able through that to find peace in my pain. And I'm learning that there's two pleasure in the pain, but pleasure to be painful if we don't know how to receive. So really, mm-hmm. I, I would have to say my writing and the way I show up or express is how I feel it in the body mm. and, and through my higher self, like whatever's coming through, right? Because there's sometimes someone's like channeled writing. I cannot write fast enough. I'm like, whoa, spirit, like seriously? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. But oh it's honoring, gosh. it's honoring how we feel. And I want to share something on the writing part. And I tell this to my children because my son, my youngest, he struggles, he's dyslexic. He's still, these reading levels still very low, but we all learn when we're ready to. I really mm-hmm. believe in that. And I honor him where he's at and we're moving through that, that phase. I was, it was all French, my learning. Writing was, well, I failed every English class until I got into secondary four. And one day I went in, we had an exam. I wasn't prepared, didn't even know I was going to have an exam. Just like that, a snap of a finger, I wrote the exam and I had a hundred. How did that happen? I went from failing all these years the English mm-hmm. and the second language to all of a sudden one day doing the test and it's almost like my brain clicked. But now here I am writing, thank God for editors. And even with the editors, I will tell you something else that I do. When they say this, is, I'm like, don't change it. Because it's how it's supposed to feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's honoring yeah. your voice. Right? Absolutely. It's honoring your voice and your way and uniqueness. And yeah. people get it. And it's like Vanessa said, if somebody's worried about the grammar, it's like, you know what? Piss off. Right. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that's not what I'm here for. I'm not an English teacher. <laughs> right. Right. It's interesting. I actually stopped writing I, for something. I would make a bad English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Not your forte. I actually stopped writing for somebody because they would rewrite what I was saying. And I just said, this, I, I wouldn't say that. They're not the words I'd use. Uh, but it doesn't sound right. And I said, probably not to you if this isn't for you. So mm-hmm. I actually then had to pull out of writing for them because it, I, I was started, my articles going out were not authentic. And it didn't, and it just didn't feel right. And that just, yeah. So there, there is, there is something in that too. Yeah. One of the things I have with my clients is owning your own author voice and getting rid of the the grammar police. Forget that they're there. Right from soul, right from heart, because you are writing for your audience. You're writing for your message to come through in your way. And to pick up, you know, the Scottish, uh, you know, here, I know that um, there was, um, we all know the film Train Spotting. I can't read that book for love nor money. I don't, I'm like, what the heck? How much money that film has made and how much that book has made? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, there was no grammar in that. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> I need a translator. But when we, when we own our own voice and we own the way that we speak, I mean, I've had people message me from, you know, People that know me before they've read the books, 
Oh, Dawn, it was like, I'm a, I almost told you to shut up because, like, I wanted to get a word in edgeways. And then I remembered I was actually reading your book and I wasn't actually listening to you. <laughs> and then there have been people that have read my book and then discovered me and they go, oh, I've had to go reread the book. Because now that I've heard you live or I've heard you on a podcast, mm. I now want to go back and reread the book so that I can really take that and read the book from a very different space. So I think owning our voice, whether it's in an article or in a podcast um, or in, you know, just being real, just being ourselves and like picking up again what you were saying, Vanessa, that, you know, when we, when we don't feel, when we don't show up and we don't give ourselves permission, I say to a lot of my clients, we have to give ourselves permission to give ourselves permission and we have to trust ourselves to trust ourselves to trust our voice or to trust other people. And some people go, oh, Dawn, you've repeated yourself. They went, no, I haven't. Go reread that again. Right. Wow. You know, giving ourselves permission to giving ourselves permission to show up and have the permission to do and be and have and whatever we need to be. Unapologetically as well, my gosh, yes. I would be so, yeah. I really started to, you know, at times and I'm still learning, but show up as myself, I would be a bit, sorry, is it, you know, and you'd be like, to learn how to be unapologetic takes, takes an awful lot. And um, that's something I've really tried to practice over the last few years, because there's no point in showing up at yourself if you're still going to do it from a fear-based place. It, it, the two actually exist. Well, you'll be it's miserable. Too, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not flowing. It's not harmony. Yeah. Um, but it does, mm. again, it takes practice. And I think just because we might feel connected in ourselves or have that harmony, to then show up in that place is another level of practice and it's another level of, yes. you know, not worrying. I loved what Wayne Dyer said, what you think of me is none of my business. But that right. takes an lot to actually understand what that means but also to have the big girl or boy pants on to actually go out and show up as yourself unapologetically and it's um do you know the song that comes to mind it's my absolute favorite Gloria Gaynor I am what I am mm. I am my own special creation you know I bang my drum some think it's noise I actually think it's pretty you know it's actually just you know take the ball by the horns and just you know get out song then she's gonna go for it that's normally when my when I feel my energy dip that's the song that comes on and I'm absolutely round the round the island oh is it yeah but that that's it allowing yourself to blossom that's mine yeah yeah I think what you're saying there is correct I mean once you go over that fear of judgment that, yeah. that freedom there, you can soar. I mean, it's just that's what holds us all back, isn't it? It's what 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 are the people going to think? What we're writing or what we're we're posting out there or what we're sounding like on a podcast? It's what's yeah. somebody going to say about me? Then they go over that fear and just 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 enjoy yeah. the process. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's why I love you so much, Kenny. Because you, when when I said you first contacted me when I was um away on holiday in the August of 2017 and a colleague of mine Steve Carr you'd asked to write for your magazine and he'd posted that he'd done it and I was like oh Brit because he's so great he's so great and then when you messaged me I was like oh, 
oh my god and I went oh no do you know what I don't think I can get it to you on time because I'm away on holiday and I went to bed that night and I thought oh Vanessa go with yourself you're on holiday you've got all time <laughs> you know, and I, I love you. Uh, you know yeah. Yeah, Steve, Steve's got a lot of responsibility for this as well he was the very first uh, person I yeah. approached and he had an article to me within the hour <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, I, like, I have a funny story. I have a funny story about Steve Steve Carr because I've started following him early on as well. And um like I didn't you know, I was pretty shy. I'm still pretty shy and and like I'd like his post and I'd comment and then I posted something and he liked it. And like I messaged him and I was like Oh my God, you liked my post. Like a total fangirl. Like, oh my God, you liked my post. Thank you for liking my post. This is so amazing. And then he posted that like on Instagram or Facebook. And people are like, what does she think you're famous or something? <laughs> but I was, it was funny. And it was, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like totally fangirling. And then I was really embarrassed. I was like, I don't care. Um, he's fantastic, fantastic man. But yeah, that's, that's my funny Steve story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but you know we we can't be we can't be anybody else other than who we are and until we really accept that confused enough being me <laughs> oh god but but you know it's it's funny because we've done the pre-launch promo for the d word i watched that video after okay because i don't know what i was thinking that day because we didn't have, um, I didn't realize it was going to be video. I thought it was going to be audio. I called my best friend. I'm like, did you not see my face? It moves as fast as my mouth goes. I'm very expressive. Okay, not only my emotions, my face. I was like, do I really look like that all the time? <laughs> are you like, uh, yeah. Like, oh, no. But seeing my, my face go live. Do we? We don't. I don't know about you. I don't make my face there. We don't watch ourselves, do we? I cried. I do. I've watched myself a few times, and I thought, do I really look like that? And I was like, I think I like it. (laughs) I I frightened myself. Mommy, you're so funny. Because of what? It goes. Wow. You left your laptop open, and then I saw that you'd done a live stream. You go, so because he'd been sat listening to me while I did it, so we sat and watched it while I'd got for a shower. He goes, you have to come and watch this, mummy. You're hilarious. I'm like, switch that off. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's so it's different because when I started doing recordings, you're holding. I was holding my camera myself, so I could uh-huh. see myself. Right? So it was much more tame, honestly. And then actually, now I see how vivid I am. And I'm like, but that's exactly what I said. I can't be anybody other than who I am. Yes. Yeah. That's and awesome. I drew perfect. There's another blossoming. So before we were like, I can't believe it's been like almost an hour. Um, I would love it if we could just tell everyone how they can connect with you. So people who are watching the podcast, because people are going to watch this, like it's going to just take off. Like (laughs) there's no tomorrow and people are going to watch this and they're going to be like, who are these 
fantastic people and how do I get a hold of them? So, and I'll put it all in some edits with some words once I figure out how to do that. Um, so Dawn, I know this picture that you have up here that your free, your screen has frozen on is absolutely beautiful. And so I wish we could have a video of you and we're going to do it again. I'm sure. Cause this was fantastic. Tell us how to get a hold of you. No, it's just a picture, hon. Oh. <laughs> you didn't even see your facial expressions. This is asking people in them, would you? Oh. <laughs> it's a beautiful picture. Whatever the whatever the, the gods wanted to screenshot you, they screenshot it fantastic. Oh wow. Thank you so much, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hire you when I get to <laughs> So share with everyone how they can follow you, get a hold of you, um, work with you, and all those fantastic things. Um, if they go to dawnbates.com, then they'll find links to all my social media, um, like Instagram, Twitter, Bookface, LinkedIn. Uh, Bookface is Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a new one. Let's call Bookface. Yeah. Then you get that launched. <laughs> Look out, it's actually, it's really appropriate because book, we're writing, we're expressing mm -hmm. your face, yeah. Bookface. It's, it's a thing. It's a stretch, I know. <laughs> in everything I do. Might take a few people to catch up. Uh, <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I know what I'm talking about most of the time. But yeah, dawnbates.com is probably the best uh, place because, like I say, they can just then tag on to any of my social media there. Awesome. And that's awesome. Bates, as in Norman and Kathy, I'm just not quite a psycho. No, no, <laughs> no. And my mother's maiden name is Bates. So I love it. Yeah. Connection somewhere along the lines, maybe. Um, Sorry to quickly just drop this in. I found out, Samantha, you'll be able to clarify or deny this, no pressure, but bait in French is bateau, which also means boat. And I'm sailing around the world. Like, is that right? <laughs> yeah, in French is bateau, but it's, bateau is B-A-T-E-A-U. Which is water, which is even better. Water is, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Our own library there. Our own dictionary going on there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Vanessa, tell us where people can follow you, work with you, connect with you. Yeah, well, uh, trustvanessa.com. My website is in maintenance at the moment. It's just being built. Uh, but social media mainly will be Vanessa Louise Burt. So you can okay. find on any of the. Yeah. Follow me awesome. that way. Awesome. And Kenny? On most of the social media, it's One Tribe Magazine, uh, and we've also got OneTribeMagazine.com, which uh, the the news site should be finished in a few weeks. Sweet, Woo! I'm excited for that. That'll be really fantastic. And Samantha, my lovely. Um, you can find me on Facebook uh, under Beautiful Disaster. Um, that's where you can connect, you can message, or the Best way would be uh, my website, which is my name, Samantha Carolyn Lavalley, and there you'll have access if you want to subscribe or if you want to send a message, or that would be the best way to reach me. Stalk you. What was that? <laughs> what was that, Don? <laughs> We're going to stalk you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have block. Oh, <laughs> don't get blocked. 
last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because there's some silly people in the world, right? God loves them. Yep. <laughs> yep. I've had to do that too. So, um, and my um, Instagram is at follow your whole heart and on social media, Christine Saunders. And then my webpage is also followyourwholeheart.com. And um, wow, I can't believe it's been an hour. This has been fantastic. Uh, my first official podcast. I have a couple out there. Like the the radio show was a was a was a podcast. It's like the prequel, I guess. Let's just say it's the prequel. And this is season one, episode one, with all of these fantastic one tribe um, tribe members of mine. And I after the show, I know I got a little emotional. And this is also evoking a little emotion. I'm so grateful for all of you. So thank you so much. Well thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations, Christine. Yeah, big what congratulations. What a beautiful transition. So mm. happy to be able to transition with you. Like, uh, you do everything yeah. with your whole heart. Thank oh, you. Beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was. It was. It was not. It was an easy decision, but kind of not an easy decision. Um, just because mm. there was like that piece of like being on the radio kind of set me apart from people. And then I was like, but do I really want to be set apart with that? And the answer was no. And so it was like, mm. that was the easy decision. Like, that's not what I want to set me apart. So not that I need to be set apart if that makes sense, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'll get this, I'll get this edited and um, we'll see how it goes. And if anybody knows how to take video to audio, that would be fantastic. <laughs> 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 nope. we'll figure it out it's it's not it's not hard I just have to have time so but anyway I appreciate all of you taking this hour and sharing this space thank with me so much for, oh, uh, oh, thank you yes and Don please be safe in your travels can't wait to hear about it um yeah. it's gonna be fantastic yeah god bless you yeah. and thanks again Kenny for bringing us no. all together no, well, thank you guys for making one try what it is Awesome. Okay, I'm going to stop recording and see what happens. Maybe. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So before we go any further, like I know you, you know me, but everyone doesn't really know you who may or may not, you know, run in my circle. So would you introduce yourself and share a little bit about you and anything that you feel like is like, so the heartbeat is the name of my podcast. And so I want to give people a space to just share what's what they're feeling like is coming up for them when they want to share any piece of their story, any piece of their journey, whatever feels right for you. And so I want to allow you to have that little bit of space. So I would love if you would introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Okay, fantastic. I'm Kelvin. I am the uh, founder of Kelvin Inspires. I think the name says it for itself, Kelvin Inspires. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I am a certified John Maxwell uh, coach, speaker, and trainer, uh, and really, I'm just sold out to service, sold out of inspiring people. And when I say inspire, I mean, you know, I my story. I I was working in a job, you know, really loved the job. At a point, I I didn't like it anymore. Uh, the, on the onset, for the onset for me, it was just a temporary layby. I'm just going to do it for three months and. And, and three months became six months, and six months became a year, a year became four years, four years became seven years, <laughs> right in the same job. I mean, it was just going to be a little bit of coming and go, but, mm -hmm. it, you know, it just be, I, I settled along the journey. It wasn't what I was looking for. It was what just came in, and I grabbed it, and, you know, I, I just settled in there. I, I remember looking out the window at one particular time when I wasn't in front of any customer, and just staring out the window and literally tears just dropped down. I was, I was just like, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. You know, what am I doing here? And I think at some point in, our, in all of us, in our journey, we get to this point where we either move forward or we step backward into safety. You know, Abraham Maslow says we need to step forward into greatness, step backwards. And I, and I, for me, it just dawned on me I was in the wrong place. I was in the wrong thing. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I was just blessed to have a conversation with a coach, a great coach. And I, you know, just hearing quite a, all the time talk. And I just had this opportunity to sit down with him. And he said to me, Kelvin, what do you want out of life, Kelvin? Mm. You know, what do you really want out of life? And I was young and I was like, this is like five years. I've seen young. <laughs> I'm still young. I was like five years back, you know, I'm not. And I'm thinking, okay, I want to make money. Mm -hmm. I want to make money. I want to make as much money as possible. I was working in, a, in one of the biggest banks in the UK and, uh, you know, corporate, whatever, all that jazz, right in there. And my goal was to make as much money as possible. But here I was, stuck, dissatisfied with what I had created with my life. Here I was in a position when I did a soul searching, like I could do more, but I don't know what was going on. And when he asked me that question, what do you want out of life? I said, I want to make money. And he said, well, what if you had the money right now, Kelvin? What would you do differently with your life? Yeah. Mm. If money wasn't a, a big thing right now, Kelvin, what else would you contribute with your life? What else would you dedicate your time to? And then right there, I'm like, whoa. That's never, no one's ever asked me that kind of question before, Christine. <laughs> Those coaches, right? Dang them. <laughs> I know, I know, bloody hell. You know, he got me right there. He got me mm -hmm. right on my spot. And, and you know what? I'm, I, I I wish I, I could say right now I had the answers then, Christine. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the answer. 
Yeah. I say, you know what? I'm going to go away and really think about this. Took me three days to really meditate and reflect and really think about this. And I remember I was cleaning my house one day and just in it, within that day, just just cleaning my house. And I remember the I watched a movie, Coach Carter, where Samuel L. Jackson takes a bunch of players, crazy mm-hmm. guys, and turns them into superstars, superstars NBA players. And I'm like, I want to be Coach Carter. I want to be the guy that coaches people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The shouts at you, get up and get out and go do what you need to do. And, you know, just a guy <laughs> in your back that just motivates, just inspires you and just gets you going. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I remember having a, a, a reminiscence. I was thinking about when I was a young student in, in, in college and I had the opportunity to be the president of a youth club. And one of the requirements of being a president is you had to speak quite often, stand mm-hmm. up and speak and, and, and do some talks. And I remember. I, I was doing this when I was a young student, and you know, I loved it. When I finished college and I came out, I went into a conference. There was a great speaker. His name was Smith. He was six foot tall, real tall, and I was shocked. And he was like really good on stage and pumping the crowd and shouting. We all got up on our feet shouting, yes, I can. Yes, I will. We felt pumped. And I said, you know, I want to be like this guy. Right at the end of the conference, I walked up to Smith and said, Smith, I want to be like you. He says, really? I said, yes. Oh, you, you, don't know what you, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I want to be like you. He said, okay, okay, Kelvin. All right, if you're serious, every time I come into your city, I want you to sit at the front seat and take note. Just take some notes. Just listen to what I'm saying. And then for six months, Christine, for six months, I will go into wherever, whatever I hear is in town. I'll be there, you know, and leave all my friends and just jump right into the conference and take some notes. And we create a great relationship. Along the line, I just got, you know, distracted, went into uni, did a first degree in IT, information technology, and they did a master's in business and just gave up on the idea of ever becoming a speaker. And mm-hmm. here I was stuck in a bank, didn't like the job I was doing, just confused out of life. Like, what else? Is there more to me than this? Is there more that I could give to my life than just coming in here and interacting with people who don't care about anything beyond just have you sold? Have you made that sale? You know, there's just nothing more beyond that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, for those who are listening, I, I'm, I'm sure you can connect with this. When you get to a point in life and you ask yourself, is there more? I was, I was just, you could call it midlife crisis, but I, I don't know. I was just, I was just in a state of I could do more, but I was just playing low, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and that came to my mind. I want to be a speaker. All right. I think that's what it is. I want to be a coach. Uh, as a matter of fact, being a speaker didn't even come to my mind then. It was all about being a coach, motivating mm-hmm. and, and, and doing that. I didn't even know what coaching was. I thought coaching was shouting at a bunch of people to get up and go. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you, I, think, I think people think about like coaching in the typical yeah. sense of coaching a team, a sports team or something, mm-hmm. which is kind of the same. Or, yeah. Um, but yeah, they don't see like coaching as what you do. Like, I think it's, yeah. I think it's like evolving and it's amazing. Yeah. It's like showing up and asking great yeah. questions. Yeah. 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 Versus crappy questions. Right. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. As opposed to shouting at people and say, Hey, get up and do that. That's not coaching. You know, that's right. a different conversation. But, 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 but what I'm saying is I, I, I didn't even know what it was, but I just felt I want to do something like this where I could mm-hmm. just encourage people to do it. I don't have to be the guy at a, at a, you know, right there and doing all the job. I just want to be the guy that says, 
to other people, get up and go out and do it and believe in yourself. And you can, and, and then obviously it evolved. You know, I've grown in the coaching industry. I've grown, grown as becoming a speaker. And I've got you a few, you know, few training period for me. And and I, I that's how my story started. That's how I be, I, I I jumped into the coaching industry. Like I want to do this. And and I remember the coach when we, when we had. Uh, another opportunity to have a conversation and and he said to me what do you want to do Kelvin I said I want to be a coach I think I found it I want to be a coach and mm-hmm. I also want to be a speaker because I I did like speaking before I, I think I might okay. give it a try he said sure and, and I, I wish I wish I could say Christian it was easy to to jump into that it was right. the most difficult thing I ever done in my life the most difficult thing to believe in myself to say that I could do this all over again. You know, yeah. I went through some series of failures in my life that shot me up. To uh, I remember as a young student, you know, I told you I said about me speaking all the time to young students, and I remember the year to go into the final year, we had to write a final exams, mm-hmm. and I went in there, wrote my exams, and I failed woefully, Christine. I was the guy speaking on stage and I couldn't get my education together. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I, I couldn't get it together. I, I failed woefully. I couldn't get to the next class. So all my mates in the same same class with me all moved on to the next class and mm-hmm. I was told I had to repeat the class. So I went through a series of self-doubt, right. failure and, and completely just, you know, didn't like myself at that point. And, and I remember talking to my dad and I was trying to explain what was going on. And he told me two words, shut up, shut up. You know, I, I mm-hmm. sent you to school to read and to, you know, to grow and to, to get educated, to, to learn this stuff. And you, you went there and all you do is talk, talk, talk. I hear you talk, talk, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know they say they say sticks and stones sticks and stones may break my bones but words cannot that's a lie uh, right Th- those two words shut up shut me up from ever wanting to be a speaker for 15 years of my life mm. Mm. shut me isn't up isn't that amazing mm. how those mm. those just those two words or any words mm. can mm. you can just grab them and hold them yeah. and yeah. not let go of them for whatever reason absolutely and then finally you're like, Absolutely. why did I hold on to that shit for so long? Absolutely, Christine. I, you know what's even worse is it's when the people closer to you say them. Yes. And you hold on to them, you know? Uh-huh. Yep. They care so much for you. They don't want you to hurt yourself. And they say, don't try that big stuff. Just try this little bit. Right. You know? I, 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 you know, someone said, be careful who's got, who, you've got, who you're giving your ears to. Mm-hmm. Be careful whose whose words have control over what you listen to. And it was my dad was like, he cared for me, but he he didn't care about anything else about me being a speaker. All he wanted for me was go to school, get educated, and get a job. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's that's what, what I, that's what parents are there for, sort of. Right? Like yeah. that's like the the whole thing is like mm. they don't want to know what you want to do. Mm. They want you to have a job that mm. has pays the bills has mm. insurance like all those mm. things that you can take of care course. of yourself with who cares if you're happy or not like Ooh, that's like but in their mind they're like who cares if you're happy as long as you have all this stuff you'll be get happy. on with it yeah. absolutely Crack just on. get on with it that's life 
their intention is so good. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a part of me, like, I hear your story and it's like, yes, I've Mm -hmm. had those stories too with Mm -hmm. parents and aunts and uncles. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there were times in my life where I was like, so Mm -hmm. angry about it. But now Mm -hmm. I can sit back and I can honor that because I know their intention Mm -hmm was so kind and caring and loving and i'm sure that you're there too Mm. so yeah Uh, absolutely absolutely you know you know when i look back now i can see of course his intentions were right uh but i can see how that just let me off my track for 15 years 15 Mm -hmm. years that i could have become a master in this field or become an authority figure but that 15 years i have to play catch up now and still you know grow that but but that's you know i can't i can't stay on that I, i i get what they did but, you know, those two words shut me up and kept me down there. And having that coach sit with me and say, Kelvin, OK, you want to be a coach, you want to speak up, go for it. It's like, yeah. it's like you know, you know, I don't know if you watch Lion King where yeah, Rafiki, the monkey, takes Simba to the lake. He says, look, what do you see inside the lake? What do you see? Mm-hmm. Are you seeing a reflection of your father or are you seeing a reflection of yourself? And, and Simba yeah. was like, you know, I... He, he, he just, he said, you know, the, the, the father figure appeared and said, hey, Simba, you know, you have forgotten me, Simba. And Simba mm-hmm. was like, dad, no, I remember you, dad, I know you. He says, no, you have forgotten who you are, and therefore you have forgotten me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that moment it, with, with the coach was like waking me up again to reality. Yeah. Remember who you are, Kelvin. Remember mm-hmm. what's inside of you. Remember what you wanted to be when you, when you were 15 years old, standing on stage and speaking and seeing people's life change and seeing people show up and go out and do what they love. Remember that you, it was that moment for me where the light bulb came in and I realized that I could do more, that I could do a lot more than I, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I mastered the courage. I call it courage to, to show up, to say, Okay, I'm gonna do it. And, and this was 2014, August 2014, when I had that exception of the idea. 2015, I had the opportunity to meet a, a, a former footballer for a famous club here, right here in the UK. And I said to him, you know, because he came from broke, you know, he had a, a massive story that could really inspire people. And I said, look, I want to create a program called Kelvin Inspires. Because when I look around, I see a bunch of people who are just like me, confused, dissatisfied, mm-hmm. operating lower than what's possible. I see a bunch of people like that. And we have less inspiring people in our corner, people that we can look up to, to inspire us. So I feel a lot of people who are not inspired. Can you come and just inspire and share your story? I get people in the room, just come in. I'm just going to do this. And he said, sure, Kelvin, I'll do it. And, you know, we had 70 people in that room. Wow. February 2015. I'll tell you what, at the end of it, I felt alive. I didn't make any money from the gig, Christine, but I found my life back again. Yeah. I found Kelvin back again in the pages of that event and I realized that this is me I want to do more and gradually I kept pushing the limit kept pushing it you know I I I I, I went back to I went to do a gig in, in my home country Nigeria and uh, it was just lovely people loved it they wanted more from that event someone invited me Kelvin can you come over to New York and speak to a bunch of youths I said sure why not jumped into the plane flew over to New York came back again to the UK, did more gigs. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and then I got involved with John Maxwell and John Maxwell blew my, you know, 
my mind out. Like I could really go deep into this. I could really impact people. I could really help people stretch. I could even stretch myself because deep down within me, I was playing low. And yeah. so, you know, it, someone said your, the, your, your biggest problem is a, it's a clue to the problem that you've been called to solve. You know, so when I look at my life and my own biggest problem was I was an uninspired. I was living low. Mm-hmm. And I know there are a lot of people around me in that same category right now operating low. So I found a mission, Christine. That mission is to get out there and to inspire people to achieve even more out of life. And I'm saying whatever you've accomplished so far to today, there's more inside you. And that's yeah. that's how Kevin inspires came up. And that's my story. Oh my gosh. I have chills. If you could see, I have chills. I, that is so fantastic. I think, oh my gosh, because like I feel like we who are in this field of helping others, inspiring others, easing suffering, whatever it is that we say, mm. like there's a piece of it that the content that we write, the things that we say are the mm. things that we mm. might have needed or might need at the moment ourselves. So true. Yeah. So, so true. like, I'm like, yes. And like, now I'm like pumped up. Now I'm like, <laughs> that is Absolutely. A fantastic story. Fantastic mm. story. Mm. I love it. And so, that was four years ago. Is that right? Four years ago? Yeah, 20, 2014. Oh, yeah, I mean, 2014 was when the idea came in. And four years ago, 2015, was when I actually jumped out and said, you know what, let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. do this. And I must say, 2018 was when I said goodbye to the bank. And I said, mm-hmm. I'm done with this. So I was doing it part-time, you know, testing the waters, trying uh-huh. it out making mistakes and learning and yep. I've just seen how far I could grow. Uh, and 2018 was when I joined the John Maxwell team and the John Maxwell program just gave me a leap of faith. You know, mm-hmm. this is why I believe in so much personal development, irrespective mm-hmm. of what we know. What we know is never enough. It's having a level of self-awareness to be able to express what we know, to be able to mm-hmm. step out of just knowing to actually doing what we believe in. And that takes a different kind of level of awareness. And I must say it was a job matchup when they really you know, gave me that lift, that belief. Uh, I believe so much in personal development. I believe in engaging in conversations like this. I believe in engaging with right people, with coaches, with mentors, people who can stretch you. Because I, I had two or three mentors I and mean, coaches in my life who stretched me. You know, mm-hmm. we said, come on, Kelvin, come on, Simba, there's more in you. Get out of that, you know, get out of that cycle and stop laying low and stop staying there. Just get out, mm-hmm. there's more. There's yes. more, there's more. And, and, and finally, Christine, the call to courage is saying to my boss, I'm going now. Yes. And I remember my boss, I tell you what, my boss said to me, are you leaving, Kelvin? I said, yes. He said, have you written your resignation letter? I said, no. He said, why don't I give you 10 minutes to go write it? And I'm like, whoa, he wants to get rid of me real quick. And I'm like, whoa. And I said, no, hold on. Give, give me a month, please. <laughs> I need yep. to go back and, and listen to some motivational takes because I'm scared. <laughs> yes, yes. That was, yeah, was, was going to be one of my questions. Like, is, was there ever like moments of like when you're made that decision, like I'm leaving the bank, I'm done. This is my gig. This is my yeah. calling. This is me. Yeah. Yeah. 
that you didn't want to do it, that you were fearful of doing that. You were scared of doing it. And how did you, how did you like <laughs> overcome that? I I'll guess that's my question. I, I was scared. Christina. I can't <laughs> tell you. I, I mean, my car, my car was tied to my job. Everything I had around me was just tied to it. My, you know, I had this, uh, uh, I worked in the bank's shares. I had so much with me. And if I had to go, I had to liquidate everything and, and give up all the things I had. It was it was very uncomfortable. When he said, I'll give you five minutes, I said, hold on. No, I'm just sharing you some, some thoughts coming to my mind. Uh, in my mind, I was like, give me one month, please. One month to, to get the confidence to leave you. <laughs> it, it was scary. It mm-hmm. was scary. It was it was the most, I, I'll say, one of the most biggest or hardest decisions I've ever made in my life. And, mm-hmm. and you know what they say? They say, when you jump, you build your wings on your way down. Yeah. Can I just say that that's all bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> if I may quote use that term, it's, yes. it's all crap. Because when you jump, you you have to land, right? When yeah. you jump, you're going down to ground zero. <laughs> you know, and, and so you don't build your wings in midair. Nobody builds wings in midair. You go down to the ground level, and then you start getting the materials together. You start getting resources together to build your wings so you can fly again. And mm-hmm. guess what? You might get everything together. You fly, and you're up past the first level and the second level, and you go right down again. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Right in your face again. And like, what? I thought they told me it would be easy. <laughs> <laughs> they lied to me. They lied to me. This that bloody motivational speakers. <laughs> they Get up there on stage and tell me the truth. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean? Tell me the truth. Tell me it's hard. Tell yes. me it's damn bloody hard. Tell mm-hmm. me I'm going to lose things that are precious to me, things that I attach a lot of weight on, attach a lot of self-esteem to the car that I drove, attach a lot of things to the suits that I was wearing, attach mm-hmm. a lot of things to things that didn't make any sense in the mm-hmm. scheme of life, in the mm-hmm. scheme of things. These are temporary stuff I was attaching my name and myself to. And the right. reality is when you jump in, when you jump in to do what you love, you've got to face that. You've got to face the fact and the reality that these things that you attach yourself to mean nothing. You've got to get to it. And the way life is, life will teach you a bigger lesson. They say, you think that is it? I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you what you really want. Uh-huh. <laughs> you want to be a coach? You want to be a speaker? I'll show you that. <laughs> I'll put you through tests and tests and tests to prove that this is what you really love. Right. And, and right there, when you get into those moments, I, I'm sharing this. I can share this now because I know what it feels like to be an entrepreneur. I, I can share this now because I know what it feels like to fall flat on your face. And, and everybody who believed in you was saying, what's going on with him now? Mm-hmm. What's happening with him now? We thought you were the G. We thought you were the big guy. What's happening mm-hmm. to you now? You know, I, I had to avoid setting places because in the past I could drive him with my Jaguar, brand new. I love cars. You know, driving with my Jag and feel mm-hmm. good. And, and now I have to avoid this place because now I ain't going to Jag. You know, I had, to, I, I had to come to terms with the reality that, hey, hey, life is bigger than this. Life is yeah. bigger than all of these things. There's a whole lot more in you. There's a whole lot more. And it's just a test of character. You know, they say gifts, your gifts will open doors for you. But right. your character will keep you right in there. So I had a false representation of my character. I was—I I thought that was all I needed to do. But hey, the reality is I had to 
understand I have got to serve, come from a place of service. And sometimes you, you can serve people when you have nothing in your bank account. You can right. serve people when you're down zero, when you stop thinking about yourself and you think about who needs to get motivated, who needs to be inspired to show up to life, who needs to hear my message that I carry. And that's a whole lot. It's like Simba going back and having to face and confront his demons, his uncle who had taken over the jungle and he had mm-hmm. to fight that. It's like, you know, you talk about courage and bravery. It's about going back right there. It's about yeah. getting right in there and facing it and say, hey, I am who I am. I know who I am and I know what I carry and I know what I represent and I'm here to make a difference. Yes, that's brilliant. Absolutely mm. brilliant. Absolutely mm. brilliant. So let me ask that question because you've mm. talked a lot about mm. your courage. Mm. And mm. like, I love, I just love to hear people's different mm. thoughts and mm. uh, opinions, not really opinions, I guess they're opinions on mm. the difference between bravery and courage. And maybe mm. there isn't a difference for people. Mm. Um, mm. Some people have a very big difference. Mm. And so I, I would love mm. to hear your thoughts on that. Mm. It's interesting. Really interesting. You bring it up. Uh, someone once said, um, our journeys in life are different. My journey is different to your journey and different to those who are listening to us right now. Our journeys are different. But the enemies that we all face are the same. And what, what enemies am I talking about? I'm talking about the enemies of fear. Mm-hmm. False evidence appearing real. Constantly pulling ourselves down. Enemies of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Saying, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. All of us go through that enemy. All of us, all of us have to confront those enemies. And, and to me, I, I look at bravery. I look at bravery as a call to courage. You know, I look at bravery itself. It's a call itself to courage. That's how I say it. And I look mm-hmm. at courage as showing up when afraid. Mm-hmm. Showing up when you haven't got everything around you. Showing up when everybody thinks you're an idiot. You're stupid. You're crazy. Courage is just just showing up. Like, I haven't got everything right. What if I just show up? Mm -hmm. What if I just step in? Mm -hmm. What if I just knock on more doors and say, hi, I'm Kelvin. I'm just trying to help. Courage is doing the things that scares us the most. And I think when we accept bravery, bravery is answering that call. Because every time, every time, Kristen, I believe that a call to courage. There's a call to courage for every one of us. At certain points in our life, we respond to it. At certain, certain points, we, we don't. We run mm-hmm. away from it. Mm-hmm. But there are points in our life, if we were to trace it back, we can see when we acted courageously and when we showed up. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like these enemies are, are just there because of what people say. Sometimes we're worried about what people think about us. Worried about what society says we're doing, all of those come to the best of us. But if we can overcome that and just respond daily to courage and, and just showing up, and I believe in the power of showing up, you know, just saying yes. You know, one of my, I, it was a Richard Branson that says, anyone calls you to say, to do anything, just say yes, even if you don't know what it is. Just say, right. I'll do it. Just mm-hmm. show up. <laughs> yeah. showing up factor. And most people don't have that, don't want to show up. They want to wait for perfect conditions before they show up. And perfect conditions are a killer to, to great destinies. 
Yeah. Uh, do you do see. you feel like people also don't show up because they're waiting for someone to tell them how and when to show up? Yeah. Yeah. I feel that's what's going on. Sometimes it, we're waiting to get the uh, approval from people. Mm-hmm. You know, and the greatest gift we could give ourselves is self-approval. It's like yep. be willing to just jump and fail. Be willing yeah. to look like a fool. Nobody wants to look like a fool. That's the biggest issue going on. No one, no one uh, wants to look uh, like. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, well, that's another whole another conversation. <laughs> you know, we're, we're in the social media era. It's all perfect. Right. I'm yeah. gonna go on the filter and filter and make it look good. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. No one wants to look like a fool. Like I haven't got everything together. But the uh-huh. reality is, none of us came into this world with everything together. Right. We came in with a bag of chaos, disorderliness, mm-hmm. errors and mistakes and faults and flaws and everything together. But somehow we've been told to believe that until it is perfect, don't show up. Right. You're absolutely right. Over time, you- somebody in our lives told us, like, get all your ducks in a row, get your shit together, and then take yeah. that leap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on bravery and courage? What do you think about it? For me? Yeah. Um, I, you know, that's that's interesting that you asked that because I've asked that question to, I think now, I feel like 56th guest right. for this. And wow. so I've asked it many, many times. And honestly, to, to, to tell you, I haven't really given much thought to it. So my off mm. off the hip, shoot from the hip, Yep. is um, it takes a lot of bravery to mm. tell yourself to show up, mm. courage to stay there and lean into your being uncomfortable. Come on and, now. And, yeah, it's like, it ta- like that bravery is like that step, that, mm. that step into it for me, like, mm. Mm, let's go. Mm. And then the courage mm. is to just sit there. And, and, mm. and it may be really fantastic, and it may be really mm. uncomfortable. And if it is uncomfortable, mm. having the courage just to lean into it. Figure out mm. why it's uncomfortable. Where is mm. it coming from? What need mm. am I trying to meet? What need is not being met? Mm. Um, and why is it uncomfortable? And that's mm. where the courage is for me because my safe spot is not in that uncomfortable spot. It's in that mm. consistent certainty mm. spot. And I know mm. that about myself. <laughs> so <laughs> that, would be, that would be where I would stretch, right? Mm. Is that, that space of leaning into being uncomfortable. Mm, wonderful you sense. say that. Wonderful you say that about being uncomfortable. I think I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. Absolutely right. And you know, it, it's somehow, somewhere we've been told comfortability is the way forward. And and that's the reality is it's it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable mm-hmm. showing up. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortable being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable asking people, I want to do business with you. It's uncomfortable to ask that question. It's uncomfortable mm-hmm. to show yourself that you you're ready to do that. Uh, you know, someone said it's this particular thing that keeps driving me every time I think I'm okay. It says, uh, everything worthwhile is up the mountain, it's up the hill. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes up the mountain or up the hill accidentally. Right. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not going to climb that giant mountain for nothing. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It, it, it's so comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it's, it's an uncomfortable journey. We have to be, it's intentional. We, you've got to make up your mind that you want it. And mm-hmm. if you want it, whatever you're looking for is right up the hill. It's always one step ahead of us. It's always one mm-hmm. step up there. I, 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 it's not like we're trying to chase after. It's not like we, we, we don't know who we are or we don't have it. It's like what we want, what we really want to create is always right there for us. And we mm-hmm. have just got to stretch. Like you say the word lean in. You've got to lean in, you know, lean into your uncomfortable spot, lean into that edge. That edge mm-hmm. where it makes you very uncomfortable. Lean in there because that's where growth is. Growth yep. is always up there. It's like I, I yep. grab a, uh, an orange now. If I grab an orange fruit to get the juice out of it, I'm going to squeeze it. It's going to be, you got to compress and yep. try some, some pressure, right? Yep, yep. Come on now. That's how you get the juice out. Yep, absolutely. It's just life. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I think that that whole journey of being uncomfortable, like I know if like I am I'm going to do a, a motivational speech which is mm. not normally normally I teach classes and workshops and yeah. I've been asked to do and be a motivational inspirational speaker at a um, like a retreat or a workshop for a group for a nonprofit mm. and mm. like my first thought is yes this is so exciting and then I'm like oh frick <laughs> like that, that, that uncomfortable like oh my god I'm gonna look like an idiot or I'm not gonna look like I have my stuff together and then I was like hold on a minute so this is where I need to sit with being a little bit uncomfortable mm. trying to figure mm. this out because mm. it's not certain it's like that mm. uncertainty piece that excited mm. piece that I have to like learn mm. to enjoy and learn to love mm. and so mm. That's mm. where that's where I am. Like I had the conversation yesterday, the planning conversation. I'm really excited, and there's mm. that little thing. It's like, am I scared or am I excited? Because uh, you know Jonathan Darling, right? You know yeah, Jonathan. Yeah. He and I've had this conversation because he goes and he does all these these speech, speeches, and he's mm. like, the first one, he's like, I'm really scared. I was like, Are you excited or are you scared? Because I feel exactly the same. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just gonna label it that, and I was like, That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the language we use and yeah. the things that we tell mm. ourselves is just so, mm. so mm. important, important. Mm. So mm. some of the other things that, you know, I would love, I, I, I could probably chat with you for hours, but I won't keep you for hours tonight. You're tonight, my morning, I promise mm. you. But um, <laughs> so a couple of things. Okay. So I, some of the things to consider that I sent you, like before we had this conversation, were mm. gratitude, leadership, mindset. Um, do they all go together? Are they all separate? Mm. Like, um, mm. what are your mm. thoughts? Like, mm. how, how would you approach somebody? Like, if I say it came to you and said, Calvin, I'm not feeling like I'm motivated at all. I want some inspiration. <laughs> and like, what would you say to me? Like, first off, what would you say to me? Get up and get out. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) okay, where are we going? You probably probably run away. (laughs) Uh -uh. I'd just look at you and go, let's, where are we going? Let's go. (laughs) So, uh, you know what? So, I spoke at an event last Wednesday um, organized by a group here in Portsmouth. And it had 80 entrepreneurs in there. And I went on stage and I just kept saying, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I got someone to come on stage with me and shout, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. 
And then all of a sudden, the whole crowd jumped in. Do it now. Do it now. I was like, yeah, do it now. I tell you what, after my speech was done, when I got off the stage, everybody kept shouting, do it now. I mean, it became the chorus for the whole evening. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's called the Action Takers event. And it was all, do it now, do it now, do it now. I say to people that it's what we tell ourselves on a daily basis that will really show up in how we show up to life. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and that's because I believe in the power of words. Words are so powerful that I, I believe that, you know, they say for one negative word someone says to you, you need 17 powerful positive words to counteract the effect of just one negative word. Wow. That's to show you how powerful words are. And, yeah. and I, I, I was going through a stage at one point in my life where I was procrastinating. And I read a book that talked about how to overcome that. It talked about getting up in the morning, first thing in the morning, and saying every day, do it now, do it now, 50 times in the morning and 50 times at night. My goodness. I mean, do it now, do it now, do it now, first thing in the morning, in the evening, do it now, do it now, do it now. And, and you say, all learning is by the art of repetition. Mm -hmm. This is why we have nursery rhymes. This yeah. is why we have all of this thing going on, because the more and more you hear it, the more mm -hmm. you voice it out. The more and more you hear, that's the same way it works with the mind. You know, when we when we, when we do a driving test here in the UK, you got to go through this strict procedure, and you're fully aware that you can't drive. You're consciously aware. I don't know how to drive, and mm -hmm. you're you know you're being guarded, guarded by the the guide instructor to let you drive. One year after, once you've got your license, you're you're driving unconsciously. You're driving right. with your phone out. You're driving, yep. listening to some songs and just bopping your head. Or, or, you know, some people do crazy. They eat while they're driving, whatever's going on. You're, you're driving unconsciously. Now, why is that so? Because for the last one year, consciously, you've been repeating the process of driving. Mm -hmm. And so driving becomes second nature. Mm -hmm. I believe so much that the best way to get ourselves motivated is by getting up every day and speaking some great words into ourselves. Some words of I am, I'm going out today. I'm I'm knocking on give me one more mountain, I'm gonna climb it. Give mm -hmm. me one more, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna mm -hmm. get what I wanna get. It's that constant mm -hmm. reminder of positive words on a daily basis to become this level of speaker that I am now, I had to constantly practice in every day. Sometimes in my room, I take a blindfold, you know, like blind spot. You see the movie Blind Spot? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I just blindfold myself in my room <laughs> and I look into my, you know, my camera right in front of me and I'm speaking and I'm, and I'm talking about a particular topic and I'm doing that over and over again. And I stop and I record and I watch it and, I, and I'm just, I'm doing it every day. So when I get on stage, it's not, I'm not trying to figure out the words anymore. The right. words are now second nature to me. Mm -hmm. So I overcome that already. And I'm being present with the audience. Right. And I'm being aware, okay, again, or what can I bring in? Or what can come? Like one of the things I'm saying to you now, because I, I talk about them all the time. Mm -hmm. So as, as you're saying things, it's jumping out of my mouth. I, I, because it's, it's a constant thing. It's a constant thing. So I believe so much in mindset development, in, in the fact that we have got to do, we've got a part to play. Words that we hear, things that we listen to, and the mm -hmm. words that we say on a daily basis has a massive impact. And I'll tell you what, I started showing up and overcoming procrastination. The procrastinating thoughts were still coming, like, oh, why don't you push that to later? And I said, shut up, do it now. <laughs> <laughs> See? Shut up. 
Shut up. Do it now, you know. So you get it. It's still calm. The enemies are yeah. still calm. The enemies of procrastination yep. will still try and creep in. But it, because I've prepared myself, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've empowered myself with that constant words. Do it now. 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 I tell you what, it's boring, Kristen. It's boring. You know, I've got, I've got some words right here that I say every morning. It's mm-hmm. boring. It's monotonous. It's the same thing. Sometimes I'm like, oh, here we go again. But, but, but it's so powerful in that it becomes second nature to me. And yeah. I say sometimes unconsciously. And that's where I wanted to go, to an unconscious state of my mind. That's what I believe about mindset. And you talked about gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Uh I told you I jumped out to do my business full time April last year, 2018. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right in October, I was going through a difficult loss. You know, things where I spent all my savings, spent every money I had, and I was just literally at the verge of, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> yep. Yep. I was like, what the heck is going on here? They sold a dream to me, and I still didn't <laughs> uh, and, and I had to. I listened to Tony Robbins talk about gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I'm going to do something. I'm going to practice gratitude for 30 days. Mm-hmm. So I get so the, I get up every morning, I grab my phone, and I do a one-minute video, a video of why I am grateful. And I did it. And then every, before I go to bed at night, I, I do some reflection. What have I, what's gone well for me today? What could have gone mm-hmm. better? For 30 days, Christine, I did it every day, every day. And because the power of gratitude is that it helps me forget about the things that I don't have. Because when you look at the root of depression, anxiety, worry, fear, it's always focused on what we don't have. Right. What's missing in our lives. Yes. Oh, you know, I've lost that. I've lost this. Oh, I don't have that. You know, do you get, do you get what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Yes. And gratitude is focusing on what do I have? Yes. What's yes. with me now? Yes. I've got shelter. I've got clothes. I've yes. got food. I've yes. got socks. I've got the little, <laughs> little. I'll tell you what, I decided to get people in to join me because I, I noticed a shift in my life. Mm-hmm. November, I got people to join in. Four people joined in. Uh, we agreed to post on Facebook every day, a private Facebook group mm-hmm. uh, for 30 days. We do it. And I tell you what, after the 30 days in November again, I said, I'm going to do it for a year. So today I'm on day 340 of doing gratitude every morning. Mm-hmm. And now my, I, when I think about gratitude, I think it's a lifestyle. Yes. You're either in or you're not. Yes. And gratitude has so much power in eradicating depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, and fear. So I wake up, even sometimes when I get up in the morning and I'm worried about the day, and I have to do my video, and I do the video. In that moment, it's, there's a shift in yes. my awareness. Yeah. I'm thinking about, oh, I'm grateful today. Oh, I, you know, and I'm just getting to a different kind of state. And mm-hmm. that state is a kind of state that's empowering. And then I can look at my day forward and yes. tackle it and go for it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I believe about gratitude. I believe it's so, yeah. it's life changing. Yes, I am with you 100%. I did something similar a couple of years ago. I, for some reason, I, I'm obsessed with Christmas twinkle lights. I don't, 
right? I don't know. I, I just love them. <laughs> and I, it was after Christmas, and it was after, this must have been, I don't know if it, I can't really remember. I think it was three years ago now. So I had right. just, I had just decided that I was going to be a coach. I was going to go back to school. I went and did the Tony Robbins um, right. course and right. got my strategic intervention coaching. And I was right in the middle of that. And I was feeling the self-doubt, the, all those things that were coming in. It was after Christmas and they had all these twinkle lights on clearance at the store. Yeah. And I bought a bunch and I hung them in my office where I did right. all my studies and all that yeah. stuff. And I thought, this is awesome. I'm grateful for these twinkle lights. They're going to make this space so much better. So I wrote it down on a little piece of paper and I hung it on the twinkle lights. Mm. And then I thought, hey, I should do this every day. So mm. I cut out all these little cards and little tags and I wrote what I was grateful for before I went to bed, mm. said my prayers and hung it on there. A mm. year later, I had, you know, oh, because I did sometimes I did two or three a day and over 365 tags hanging mm on these twinkle lights, it was just magical. Mm. And I was like, I can keep doing this, I keep doing this, keep doing this. And people followed me, people did the same thing. It was really fantastic. Mm. And the moment like the year was over and I celebrated and I was like, I'm gonna keep doing this. I didn't <laughs> for whatever reason, so mm. interesting. Mm. And I miss it. And so mm. that's, what I'm, that's what I'm in the process of doing again. Mm. There's, there shouldn't be a moment mm. in your day where mm. you're not grateful. You know what? I agree with you. I, I, you know what? Even in the gratitude thing, I believe so much in actually being present with the idea of being grateful. Because mm -hmm. I hear people say, you know, people say, oh, I, you know, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for everything I have. And mm -hmm. I say, hold on a minute. I, it's so easy to say everything that you have, uh -huh. Uh -huh. that everything doesn't <laughs> even make any sense to you. Right. Everything, and then you say that. Everything is too extreme. <laughs> Everything. It's too extreme, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 you know, they don't, they walk away after saying that and they're depressed again. Mm -hmm. you know? And I say, why don't we, let's break that everything down. What are the things that you're actually grateful for today? Right. When we start picking them bits by bits, it's just so empowering that we begin to see there's a lot more to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Because now you've got to think, and people don't like thinking. Right. You know, we don't like spending too much time thinking. Thinking, uh, what am I grateful for? Uh, I tell you what, in the program, people were like, "Wow, man, I don't know what, to, I don't know what to say." I said, what? "Say anything." Right? Wait, what? I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say that I'm grateful for today. I'm like, well, well. I mean, I've been saying the same thing over for the last ten days. I said, "Well, now you got to take some time to really think about what you're grateful for." And then mm -hmm. someone came up the other day and said, "Oh, I am grateful for my phone." Because with my phone, I could talk to family, you know, loved ones and connect with people around the world. Mm -hmm. Someone said, I'm grateful for my laptop because I can really do some work and connect and interact with people. I'm grateful for the internet. I'm grateful for, for, for the, you know, just little, little things, little, mm -hmm. little things. And those little things can really add up. Mm -hmm. And they can really add up and stack up and you have no time to think about what you don't have. Mm -hmm. You know, and, mm -hmm. that, and that's just a different kind of feeling to know that you're all right. Right. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. I appreciate that. Mm. Um, so I have one last question and I promise I'll let you, I'll let you go. Um, <laughs> I'm loving and this. I am I, loving it too. Like I said, I could probably <laughs> chat with you for a very long time. So my whole practice is around living in and from a whole heart. 
when I say mm. that to you, what does that what does that mean to you? Mm. That's a good question. That's a good question. Mm. Mm. Moments like this when I go quiet. Mm. I call it slowing down to speed up. Yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm trying to get into my heart now. It means quite a few things to me. One thing that's come to my mind is just being present. Mm -hmm. Just being present. I don't have to be like anybody else. I just have to be me from my own heart. Mm -hmm. Being authentic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Authenticity comes to mind. It's like I always say, I've got an iPhone, uh, I need a face print to open this. And my wife jokes around sometimes and says, your head is big. I said, Chaz, <laughs> when I look at the iPhone, it opens. <laughs> so, so even the shape of my head, my nose, my lips, the contours of my face, everything together still can create the mathematical representation that the iPhone still recognizes. Mm-hmm. My fingerprint is unique to me. My face print is unique to me. My eye print is unique to me. That tells me something. That tells me I am created different. That tells me I am unique. Mm-hmm. That tells me about 8.1 billion people and counting. Nobody on the face of the earth is like me. Right. I have something to contribute. I have something to offer. I have something that I can give. I can make a difference. Successful people sell their difference from another, and I want to be different. I was created to stand out. So when you talk about selling from a whole heart, I see they're just going back to the place of being me, mm-hmm. being authentic. I might be a quick reader or a fast reader, doesn't really matter. What matters is me showing up from mm-hmm. my heart. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. (laughs) Um, Well, I have given this quite a bit of thought, as you can probably imagine. And it's along the same lines. It's being unapologetically authentic and showing up even when you're scared and contributing to something greater than my being. And... It's showing up with love. I have the saying, it begins and ends with love. That's my whole thing. Mm. Um, mm. And love is the heart. And if you can be unapologetically mm. authentic, mm. it all falls into place. Come and you on can, now. You can do anything. Mm. You can do anything mm. that you want to do. Mm. So true. So, yep. Oh, so true. I must yeah. say, uh, Christine, you're doing a great job. You're doing a fantastic oh. work. You know, you do your... <laughs> You're you're forced to reckon with. You know? <laughs> now you're gonna make me blush. <laughs> you know, that's it's so nice to hear those things. Like I uh, I uh, I appreciate that more than you probably will ever know. Um, so thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so if, if people are listening and they want to connect with you, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Hey, I'm Kelvin Inspires. You know, I'm Kelvin Inspires on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. 
Kelvin Inspires. I think there's only one Kelvin Inspires. If there's another, there must is be a counterfeit. One. It is a counterfeit. <laughs> Don't listen to them. <laughs> You're the OG already... Kelvin Inspires. <laughs> and if you like a simple guy who has a great laugh and a great chat, you know, just holler at me and we can have a great conversation. Uh, and I'm just, uh, oh, sorry. I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, Kelvin inspires everywhere. Just, just a guy who just wants to inspire you to achieve even more out of life and to be all that you can be. That's awesome. And so do you have any, um, do you have anything like presentation speeches coming up in the next few months? Uh, I just came up in the next few months. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, I, you know, I live in the UK uh, with mm -hmm. my wife and kids, but I'm going to Nigeria for my brother's wedding. Mm. And, um, and I've been invited because they know I'm coming. Uh, two people have contacted me and said, we want you. Speak for me. Speak for me. And I'm like, awesome. Oh, you should have come six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> a year ago when I was just trying to figure this out. You know, but now, you know, they're coming and they want me and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I just had a great meeting today with someone as well. We're going to do some programs together. So it's an exciting time in my life, Christine. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited for you. It's oh, going to be amazing. You. I can't thank, thank you. you enough for for sharing space with me and all thank your you. wisdom. Like I took pages of notes. Oh, um, oh. And so I... I, this was a long time coming and I want to do it again and again and again. So hopefully we'll be able to do that. And if not, then we'll have mm. many conversations, mm. I'm sure. So I, I'm sure. Thank you. I, I, I might be, I mean, I don't know. Are you close to Orlando? Are you in Colorado, right? Is that I'm in Colorado. Right? So I'm right in the right. middle of the continent. So right, like, right, right. there's no ocean. But there's mountains, so you'll have yeah. to come and see the mountains. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like the mountains are better than the ocean sometimes. Now, if, oh, you're, in yeah? the, if you're in the Caribbean, mountains yeah. can just go and be. Like, if I could live in Antigua, I would live in Antigua my oh, whole yeah? entire life. But I, I cannot do that. <laughs> I, I might be in Orlando for the John Maxwell program in, uh, in oh. March next year. And oh. um, who knows? Hey, we might just catch up sometime. You, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Great talking to you. Fair. I really enjoy this. Yes. And, uh, you've been an inspiration. Keep doing what you do. We're, I mean, listen, Kristen, we, we are watching. We are getting some value from you. Keep showing up. And when, every, anytime you ever think that no one's listening, tell that thoughts to shut up. Thank you. People I will. Listening. <laughs> And then when I say it out loud and people look at me crazy, I was like, my friend Calvin told me to do that. So, bye. Bye. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so oh much for having me. Oh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs>